Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Welcome to Bethesda once again. Today we're starting a brand new series um, called Spent. And uh, this uh, series is going to deal with finances and generosity. Um, I'm going to throw out a disclaimer right now. We haven't spoke about finances, generosity, giving, tithing, all those things since last November. Uh, we do it once a year. We usually um, kind of designate this month to talk about it. Uh, I think it's a great month, a month of Thanksgiving, to really talk about what it means to, to live a generous life. If I had a tagline for this series, it would simply be The Blessed Life. Um, you may ask, why, why the title Spent, though? Um, I believe that a lot of people feel spent as it relates to their money, as it relates to finances. They feel like they have more month than they have money. They have more, more going out than coming in, or I would love to be more generous, Pastor, but I, I, just, I just can't. The season I'm in, I can't do it. I think a lot of people feel that way. And so this year, for this series, I, I really wanted to revisit some principles that we covered back in 2012, uh, five years ago, and, and, and some life-changing principles that some of these principles came right out of a book that Robert Morris taught called The Blessed Life. How many of you have read The Blessed Life? Raise your hands. A few more hands this time than last time. Uh, but we taught that back when we were a church of about 200. Now we're a church of about 1,000, so I think we need to reteach some stuff. So um, we, we, we got to slow down and talk about this area of our lives because it impacts all of us. Um, and you need to know something about me. Um, we only do this once a year, but I really enjoy teaching on giving and generosity and finances because God has so much to say about the issue. There's so many things that God has to say, so I can really just lean in to the Word of God and allow the Word of God to do what the Word of God does, which is to challenge us and convict us and, 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 and to encourage us. Um, one of the things that I want to share with you guys before we really get too heavy into this is that in the Scriptures, there are 500 verses on prayer, 500 verses on faith, but there are 2,000 verses on money and material possessions. Now, when we hear a stat like that, a lot of people are like, man, you know, that's like four times as much scripture on money than prayer. Is God four times more concerned about money than he is prayer? I don't think that's the case at all. I think God knows that we need a lot more guidance as it relates to finances. We need a lot more instruction as it relates because where our treasure is, there our heart will be also, which simply means that you don't have to spend 20 minutes with somebody to figure out what's important to them. If they would just show you their checkbook, you'll find out what's important to them because our life follows the money trail. And so we're going to talk about spent, and um, let me give you another stat before, before we go on to the word. Based upon some available, recent available statistics, they, they did um, a big study in 1998 that, that tracked back to 1998 and up to that point that people who profess to know Jesus, to attend church, to be what we would call a Christian, 
in that year they earned $15.2 trillion, okay? Sounds like a lot of money. The problem is, is those who professed faith in Jesus only gave to churches and missions and other charities, if you totaled it all, they only gave $270 billion. Now, if you've got a calculator that can handle numbers that big, what you will find out is, is that all around the world, if you take everybody together, we gave 1.8% of our income. Now, that's world. If you, if you narrow that down to just America, our nation, you will find that the, the, uh, the number drops to 1.7%. So I think we got some room to grow as it relates to giving and generosity. Um, a story that I read this week, it comes from uh, about a guy by the name of Leighton Farrell. He was a minister at Highlands Park Church in Dallas for many years. And when he was a young pastor at this church, there was a, a young businessman who was a layman in the church that came to his pastor and really felt like that God was dealing with him about giving and, and about starting with the tithe, the 10%, to bring that to the house of God, which is what Scripture tells us to do. And so he, he came to the pastor, and he made a covenant with the pastor. He said, um, I, I want to make a covenant not only with God, but I want to make a covenant with you that I'll always give, you know, at least 10%. I'll bring the tithe. And so he made the covenant, and he was just starting in business, and the first year he made $10,000, and he, he gave $1,000 to the church. A couple years went by, and he made his first $100,000. And that year he was able to bring $10,000 to the house of God. Eventually he made his first million dollars in a year, and he came and gladly gave the 100000 But many, many years gave, went by, and uh, his business continued to grow to the point that for one year he made $6 million. And at that point, it had been many years, and the, the pastor that he had made a covenant with had long left the church many years ago and was serving in another place. And, and this businessman who was now in $6 million territory, he, he reached out to this pastor that he had made the covenant with and said, I need to see you. And so he traveled to where the, the pastor was now um, serving, and he had a meeting with him, and he walked into his office and said, you know, I, I've honored that covenant all these years, and I've been faithful, I've been bringing it, but I, I'm making $6 million a year now, and I just can't make myself write $600,000 out to the local church. I just can't do it. Can, you, can I get out of the covenant? And the pastor listened, and then he knelt down. And he began to pray silently. And this guy is watching the pastor, and this is going on for a few minutes, and he's like, what are you doing? Are you praying that God's going to let me out of the covenant? And the pastor got up after a couple of minutes and said, no, I just prayed that God would reduce your income down to a level that you can trust him again. Yeah, 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 yeah. We like that, right? Come on, hit your neighbor and say, trust God. Trust God. When it comes to giving, we, we have to trust God, and it starts with a generous heart. God wants to develop in all of us a generous heart, a heart of generosity. Now, I'm curious this morning, how many of you would admit today that you have been blessed by God? Come on, if you've been blessed, every hand ought to go up, because if you live in this nation, you are in the top 2% of the world. 
We are blessed even if we have a minimum wage job in this nation. We are blessed. My second question would be, how many of you could stand to be more blessed? Oh, don't, don't get shy. Come on. Hey, I could be more blessed. I think all of us would love to be more blessed. Well, Jesus had something to say about it in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Here's what he said about blessing. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Jesus said if you want to be more blessed, you have to understand that blessing is not necessarily tied to what you receive. It's tied to what you give. And the challenge for many people is to get their mind out of, out of the thinking of it's only a blessing if I'm receiving something. That's a blessing. That's what most of us think. But Jesus connected blessing to giving. And I think a great illustration that most of us can identify with, how many of you have ever been out to dinner or lunch with someone, and when the check came, they grabbed the check and paid for your meal? Anybody ever had that happen? Come on. How many of that's a good feeling, right? Like, you, hey, that meal just tastes better, right? You know what I'm talking about. It just, man, you know, uh, can, can we go over to Jerry West restaurant and you pick up the tab, right? That's what we're thinking. Uh, but here's what I have noticed about when somebody picks up the check for me. It's enjoyable. I appreciate it. I thank them. But there is something about the fact when I pick up their check and I pay for their meal, how many know something about that feels better than just having your meal paid for? There is something about being generous that, I, I, not that I don't appreciate it, not that I don't enjoy it, but I know what the Word says, that I am blessed to be a blessing, and there's something about being generous to other people. And so God wants us to move in that direction. Come on, everybody say, more blessed. More blessed. So the key to the blessed life is developing a heart of generosity. If you want to be blessed, you have to become more generous. Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 and 25, it says, One man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but he comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And I love the idea of giving and generosity being tied to refreshing people, but also you yourself, when you're generous, you are refreshed. He goes on to say that one man withholds. What, what's he talking about? This man could give, but he doesn't. He holds what he could give unduly, the scripture says. But instead of having more, which is what logic would tell us, this man who withholds, the Bible says, he comes to poverty. One man gives freely and gains more. Another withholds, and he loses. What kind of man, what kind of woman will prosper? A generous man, a generous woman will prosper. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8, it says, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, 
for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, a lot of us, we stop reading right there. But if you continue reading, there's, a, there's an amazing blessing t- attached to this. It says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Verse number 11 says, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Any farmer will tell you that this scripture right here out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, any farmer can testify to the fact that if you plant few seeds, you're going to have a small crop. They will also tell you if you plant a lot of seeds that any good farmer is expecting a big crop. It's, it works in the natural, but what God says is that it also works in the spiritual realm. That our giving, our generosity is, is planting seed. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. And so a lot of us, were upset about what we have, what, what we've received, but it's not about what we've received. The question is, what have we given? What, who have we blessed? Who have we refreshed? In other words, so that we too can be refreshed. Now, God also says that he loves a cheerful giver. The word cheerful means hilarious. Now, what I, what I find interesting about this, when I say it's time to receive the offering, nobody laughs. In the Old Testament, they basically threw a party when it was time to give. Why are they so excited to give? Why does God love it when we get excited about giving? Because any time we get involved in God's work, whether it be through the local church or meeting a need, and we become generous, you need to know he may speak to us about a seed, but it's because he has a harvest on his mind as well. That, that what God has in his hand, how many know he has more than what's in your hand? But a lot of us, we live with closed hands. We, we live, we don't, we don't want to let go. We, we've, we've bought in to the culture that says, gather, 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 keep all your stuff, get all you can get. If you open your hand, don't open it to give, open it to receive something. But God says we got it upside down. If we want to step out of the world's economy... And you can operate in the world's economy if that's the way you want to operate. But God has given us an invitation to step out of the world's economy and to step into the kingdom economy. And in the kingdom of God, you need to know God owns it all. He's not broke, y'all. He's not. Hit your neighbor and say, God ain't broke. Some of us, we get frustrated at people who do well. Like, here's one of the things you got to understand, and we'll, you know, I'm, I'm way off my notes right now, but we got to hit this, because a lot of us, we don't understand that this law of generosity, this law of giving, it applies whether you're in the kingdom or not. And a lot of people get frustrated because they know Jesus, but they don't, they're not generous. And then you take somebody who don't know Jesus, and they're generous, And the person who don't know Jesus is going to experience blessing that the person who knows Jesus can't receive because we know Jesus, but we're going to keep all our stuff. I know people that don't know Jesus, and they give. And they are extremely blessed. 
They're not even following God, but the, the law of sowing, the law of being generous, God will honor that principle. I can remember when I was um, first, when I first got, got my first job, I wasn't, y'all, y'all don't judge me, but I, I didn't follow Jesus, all right? But I grew up in a house that every dollar you made, come on, a dime went to Jesus. You know what I'm talking about. And so I got my first job, and man, I'm raising cane on the weekends, but on Sunday, guess what? 10% went to the house of God, and I didn't even know Jesus. And I began to experience blessing in the realm of finances as a, a person who's not even following Jesus because of the law of sowing and reaping. And so we have to understand that this law applies to everyone, and the Scripture says that you will be made rich in every way. Now, a lot of us only think that that rich is about finances, but how many know you can have millions of dollars, but if you don't have health, you're not rich. What good is all that money if you're sick? If you're laid up in the bed, in the hospital, in a nursing home, what good is all that money then? So God says, I'll make you rich in every way. What does that mean? If we, if we think that being rich or blessed is only about finances, then we have a limited view of God's economy. God wants to bless your relationships. How I many of it's no good to have money if all your relationships stink? Like you hate everybody. That's right, Priya, I hate everybody. I'm going to take myself on vacation. I don't like anybody. That's not what God's talking. He's saying in every way, and, and, and it's tied to my willingness to be generous. Now, knowing that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, why aren't more people generous? Why aren't more people blessed? I think we can narrow it down to three mindsets. The first mindset is the bag mindset. Sadly, this is where most people live. They live with a bag mindset. What are you, what are you talking about, Pastor Jeff? I'm talking about you got your little bag, and you put your monthly income in your little bag, but it always feels like your little bag is not enough. I've got more month than i got money. I, I, I'm putting it in there, but I, I want to be generous, but I just can't. I just don't have my, the boss man won't pay me enough. This happened, that happened. I, I can't give. I, I've got a bag, but Haggai chapter 1, verse 6, look at this scripture. It says, you have sown much, bring in little. You eat, you do not have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. He who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. So we got our little bag, and we put our monthly income, and it's almost like there's holes in the bottom, and no matter how much we make, we don't have enough. We get upset because just at the point we think, I'm going to get ahead, we're going to have enough, something breaks, transmission goes out, the heater breaks, and it's like we can never get ahead. You feel like you're living with a bag with holes in it. I want to be generous, but I can't. Many of us were raised like that. This mindset consumes a lot of people. The problem with this mindset is, is that we have put our faith in what is in the bag. I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. We put our faith 
and what's in the bag, what's in the checking account, what's in the savings account, what's in the retirement, in the, in the, 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 the pay stub. We put our faith in what's in the bag. There's nothing wrong with money. You need to know that money is amoral. Money does not make a person good. Money does not make a person evil. Money only makes you more of what you already are. If you're generous, more money will make you more generous. If you're greedy, more money will make you more greedy. It magnifies who you already are. Money is not good or evil. It takes on the personality of the person who has it. That's what money does. So that tells me that if money gets into the hands of the right people, they're going to do the right thing with it. They're going to be generous, as God said, on every occasion. And, and let me say it like this. Nothing wrong with money. Nothing wrong with people having a lot of money. Nothing wrong with it at all. The problem is, is a lot of people, it's not that they have money. Money has them. It is their God. They focus on what is in the bag. And there was a guy who did the same thing who was a follower of Jesus. If you're new to church, there was a guy in Scripture, who was handpicked by Jesus to be a disciple. His name was Judas. Judas carried the money bag. All you guys that think Jesus was broke, you don't need a treasurer if you're broke. All right? He had a guy who carried the money bag. Judas in charge of the money. And they made enough to take care of 12 guys and their family. So they were not broke. But Judas was always concerned about what was in the bag. So much so that on one occasion, a woman came to Jesus who was not a follower of Christ, who was immoral, to say it, you know, to say the least, immoral. And she comes to Jesus and she's so moved by him that she breaks open an alabaster box, this perfume, and begins to worship him. And Judas is upset because the value of this box that she broke open to worship Jesus with was valued at one year's salary. And Judas is watching this, and he's so concerned about what's in the bag that he's like, you need to stop. What are you doing? You're wasting all that money. You're wasting all that's in that bag on Jesus. He was so messed up with what was in the bag that he couldn't even respect someone's worship. How many know worship is not just raising your hands and singing the songs? Worship is giving. Y'all going to shout me down, I can tell. We worship by giving. And Judas, because he was so caught up in what was in the bag, he betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And, and we look at that and say he betrayed Jesus over what was in the bag and we talk about Judas, but Christians do it every day. I know I'm supposed to be a generous pastor. I know God says bring the tithe. I, I, I know what he's. I just can't do it. What are we saying? We put our trust, we put our hope in what's in our little bag. A lot of people refuse to be generous, not understanding that when it comes to the tithe, we think that, 
you know, I, I tithe, so I'm generous. No, tithing doesn't make you generous. Scripture's very clear. The tithe belongs to the Lord. We don't even pay tithes. God said, bring them. Why did God say bring them? Because they already belong to him. And I, listen, if you don't bring them, you're going to spend it on something that breaks, I promise you. Something's going to go wrong. Medical bills are going to come in. There's going to be things that come up. You're going to end up spending it anyway. So we need to bring it to God knowing that it already belongs to him. That's, that's just, that's entry-level Christianity. If we want to be generous, we got to at least go past 10% to 11%. Hey, pastor, where's John Paul at? Where's Pastor John Paul? Come on, y'all, smile at me. We have to teach this because I have a desire for people to step out of the world's economy into God's economy. God has, he owns it all, and he's not against you being blessed. God just wants you to know that your blessing is tied to your generosity. People who don't tithe, people who are not generous, they are more concerned about what's in the bag than they are honoring God. The second mindset is the basket mindset. And this is a great graduation point, like moving from the bag to the basket. This is the person who believes that God uh, is an abundant God and God can bless us. And Deuteronomy chapter 28 Verses 4 through 6 says this. It says, The fruit of your womb will be blessed, and the crops of your land, and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, and the lambs of your flocks, your basket, and your netting trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out. Now, one of the desires I have, as I've already stated, is for people to step out of the world's economy where the boss man is my source and the job is my source and the pay stub is my source to understanding and really relying on the fact it's not that we don't work, but we need to know if you're in God's economy, you're not limited to where you work. Let me give you, can I give you a personal story? Now, I'm not teaching just, just giving you the word and, and just leave. I got testimonies all over this church about things that, that God has done for people who have stepped out in generosity. I can remember one time, Karen and I had, hadn't been married very long at all. Very, very limited income. Uh, I was in um, Summersville at the time and as a youth pastor. And I, I've told this story before. My income for a year at that time was only $10,000 a year. It was, you know, despise not small beginnings, right? And, and that was my income for the year. And I can remember, you know, we just had a season where some things were, was going on financially and uh, and, and based on what I was making, it just wasn't real good at the time. And, and I can remember one time God speaking to me. We had $200 left. Like, no, that's it, 200 bucks. Savings check, like that's $200 to our name. And I can remember very clearly God speaking to me. And we were tithing at the time. Like, we, we believed in it. We brought it. We were doing what we were supposed to do. And God said, I want you to give it. I thought, surely that was the pizza, right? That's not Jesus. Because that's not wisdom. We got to eat. Right? Got to eat. 200 bucks. I mean, it's not going to go very far. And I can remember telling Karen, like, we need to give the money. And she's like, well, if God told you, I'm not going to argue with it. Thank God for a godly wife. Amen? And, and so we gave the 200 bucks on a Sunday. And on a Wednesday, there was a businessman who walked into that church that, that knew me, but I didn't know him. 
And he walked in, and he shook my hand, but when he shook my hand, there was a check in it. Now, I've had handshake money before. Y'all know what I'm talking about? They shake your hand, leave you 10 bucks, 20, real good time, man. They, they put a 50 in there. It's like, praise God, we've graduated from Wendy's. We can go to Shoney's now. Come on. And I can remember thinking it's probably 50 bucks, 20 bucks. You know, and I, that's what I'm thinking. Man, I, a little bit later, I got home, and I pulled that check out, guys, and it was a check for $2,000. That's 20% of what I made in a year. Like, come on. You, you, you can step out of your economy, the world's economy, and you can step into God's economy, but it starts with a heart of generosity, understanding that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. But we struggle with this because we're in a world that's all about gather, 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 get all you can get, take everybody's, you know, get all you can get. We, we usually stand around with a hand out, like, what can you bless me with, instead of understanding that it's about, not about what I can receive, but what I can give. And there was a story here that in Luke 6 where Jesus is teaching about the basket. In Luke 6, he, he's talking about the basket, and he said, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will it be given unto you. He's talking about the basket, and he knew his audience. Now, the people who were listening to Jesus on this day, they had a lot of grain. And there was two different kinds of people that would gather up the grain. There were the people who worked for the grain. Like, they worked for the grain. And so what they would do is, is they would fill the basket up. But they wouldn't feel it like good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. They would feel it halfway or three-quarter way because they knew their wage was going to be the same either way, and they didn't want it to be too heavy to carry a long distance. And so they would not fill it up. But there was a second group of people that was listening to him teach who were the poor people who didn't have much, and they were the beneficiaries of the master's benevolence. And so after the grain would be brought in and the master would invite them to come fill their baskets up, how many know if you're hungry and don't have a lot, when you fill your basket up, you're going to fill it up, press down, shaken together. You're gonna, all you can carry, you are going to fill that thing up. You're going to get all the air. You're going to mash down and put more in it because you want to be blessed. And so the point is, is that God is really an abundant God. He has more than you have ability to receive. And I learned a long time ago, if God can get it through you, God will get it to you. Come on, hit your neighbor and say trust. Trust. There's also a New Testament story about a little boy. Jesus is teaching, and he got real anointed one day, and he went long. Really, really long. I'm going to keep you all here till 2 o'clock today. I'm just kidding. Next service wouldn't be happy. He's teaching. It goes long. It goes past the noon hour, and people started getting hungry, like some of y'all right now. Hurry up, Pastor. And there was a little boy who had a basket, and in his basket, he had five loaves, two fishes. He had a Happy Meal. If you read the story, you find out there's 10,000, 15,000 people there. And the little boy, if he had a bag mindset, he would have said, this is my happy meal. I'm sorry, you all didn't plan. See ya. But he didn't have a bag mindset. He had a basket mindset, so he gave the basket to Jesus. 
How many know little is much when God's in it? He gives the basket to Jesus. Jesus blesses it and multiplies it and takes five loaves, two fish, and feeds approximately 15,000 people. All because a little boy who didn't say, this is my happy meal, I'm going to give it to you because you can do more with this than I can. How many know that 90% blessed is better than 100% cursed? That I, I trust that you can do more with it than I can. See, when we give, and, and the cool thing about that story, not only did he feed 10,000, 15,000 people, but the Bible says 12 baskets were left over. So the boy went home with more than a happy meal, y'all. He, he, he went home with more than he brought because you can never outgive God. It's absolutely impossible to outgive God. When we give, it will be given to us. God says when, when a man gives freely, he will receive more. But when the person withholds unduly, he has the ability to give but doesn't do it, he will, he will come to poverty. So I want us to move from a bag mindset to a basket mindset. So when, it's, when it comes to the church and the tithe, and we may have to do a, a teaching on the tithe because a lot of people don't understand the tithe and, and 10% bringing it to the house of God and trusting God, that, that's like entry level. That's not even being generous. That's just being obedient. And, and, but we do that, but we also, when we bring the tithe, we should also move on to generosity where if we see a need, we should just meet the need. I'm amazed at how many church folk will call the church and say, we need to bless so-and-so. When you found out about the need, you had the ability to meet the need. Why are you calling us to meet it? You are the church. Meet the need. That's generosity. It isn't that we don't want to give and bless people, but if you have the, the ability to do it, just do it. Operate in it. Understand that this, this building program that we're in, yes, it's an opportunity for Bethesda to grow and reach more people, but you need to know when God started dreaming up a bigger facility for us that would bless a lot of people, he also is dreaming up an opportunity for you to give above what you normally do because God is going to bring some supernatural blessing back into your life. And this is an opportunity for you to choose, all right, to step out of, out of the world's economy into God's economy. And I know what some of you are thinking because you haven't been here to hear me say it. The church don't need your money. Well, he's preaching on giving. They must need our money. Listen, if you don't give, God will raise up somebody else who will. That's the way God works. I heard, there, there was a story about this church. Not a story. It's a, it's a situation I knew. But, but they, a bunch of people got mad at the pastor and said, we're going to leave and call the bank. We're going to take our money with us. And they called the bank and said, preacher man won't be able to pay this note. And you know what happened? A sinner started coming and writing a, a check that equaled the amount of them 50 people who left to cover the difference until the church grew back. Come on, y'all. Somebody give God praise for that. You, you, so let me say it like this. I, I challenge people with the tithe thing. If you tithe and it don't work for you, we'll give you your money back. Some of you have never heard that in church. It's not about you, you just giving here. I want you to see God has something bigger in store for you. But as long as you think generosity is about what you can get, you're never going to step into God's blessing because generosity is connected to, to your, uh, your, your willingness to give and so not, not about you receiving. Anybody getting something out of this? Oh, this is tough, man. I'm just digging and digging. All right.
Now, so we got, we got a bag, we got a basket, but the third, this is for the people who are, you know, they're just crazy faith people, all right? The barn mindset, the barn mindset. This is people who know that God is infinitely more than enough. Deuteronomy 28 and 8 says, The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. So if you're faithful with what's in the bag, God will move you to a basket and, and, and even to a barn type blessing. So there is a progression. There is a, a trust factor, a willingness to trust God. You see it in the Old Testament with Joseph. He was faithful in the pit, faithful in the prison. He managed well, and eventually he had barns to feed an entire nation because, because he trusted God, and there was a progression with his life. Here's the deal. God wants to know, can he trust you? How much can God bless you with? Again, it's not just finances. God wants to bless your relationships. He wants to bless your health. He wants to do all those things. But are you going to be a bag kind of person, bag mindset? I never have enough. I can't be generous. Are you going to be a basket person who believes that you're a conduit and God has blessed you and you know where it comes from? You'll be a generous. Or are you going to have so much faith that you have a barn mindset where you believe that God is going to do more than, than, than enough in so many different ways. Luke 16 and 11, look at this verse. It says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling, handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches? I don't even have to elaborate on that. If we can't handle, some people have the mindset that says, I'll, I'll be generous when I make more. No, you won't. If you can't be generous on five bucks, you ain't going to be generous on five million bucks. You got to be faithful in the small things for God to trust you with the bigger things. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. God is watching us. God is testing us. And, and he's wanting to see how we manage money, how we handle the blessing. And the beauty of the tithe is that it teaches us to trust God. One of the things that I see tithing do for people, even though we're just obeying God with it, is that it breaks greed off of them. They, they start living in a way that they understand that everything they have comes from God. So, as the worship team comes back, I want to end with this story out of Luke 12. Luke 12 says this, starting in verse 16. It says, and he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. So he's got more than enough. He got all kinds of stuff. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns, and I'll build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich toward God.
We think that everything is everything in the barn is for us. Everything we have is for us. So I need a bigger house and better cars and newer clothes. And God's not against any of those things. The problem is, is that we have, we, many of us, we have barn blessings, but we have a bag mindset. This rich guy, that was the problem. He had barn blessings with a bag mindset. So he said, I, I got all this stuff and no room to keep it, so I'll build, I'll tear down what I got and build bigger ones. And you say, well, I don't have a barn. Yeah, you do. Your car is parked in it. Come on, y'all. You got stuff everywhere. We got clutter everywhere. We, we live in the top 2% of the world. And God was not angry at this man because he was blessed. God was the one who blessed this man. God was angry at this man because he didn't know how to be blessed. He had barn blessings with a bag mindset. See, when you look at your life compared to the rest of the world, you have to admit that in this nation we are very, very blessed. And maybe you are at a minimum wage job. Maybe you're just out of college and you're not making a whole lot. All right, I, I get it. But I, I promise if you can be faithful with a little, God can trust you with more. The key to being blessed is developing a heart of generosity to break the bag mindset and graduate on to a basket knowing that God is more than enough. Graduate on to a barn. I don't know how you feel about it this morning, but I want to be more generous. I want to be able to meet needs. We talked about the guy earlier who got to a place that he could, he was making $6 million dollars a year and it was complaining because he was going to have to write a $600,000 check he's complaining about I don't know how you feel I'd like to be the person writing a $600,000 check but if I can't write a hundred bucks off of a thousand God will probably never entrust a six million dollar income to me just going to throw it out there this is good preaching this is good preaching Would you stand to your feet this morning? I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm going to do a couple of things here. No one looking around in this moment. I'm going to give some people an opportunity to just self-reflect and be honest. If you're in this place today and, and, and you would just say, you know, Pastor, I'm struggling with a bag mindset. I always feel like I never have enough. Like I earn, but I put it in a bag with holes in it, and I just feel like I can't be generous. I can't be a giver because I struggle with that bag mindset. No one's looking around. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up? Just say, that's me. That's me. Yeah, hands are going up all over the room. We struggle with this from time to time. We feel like we're putting money into a bag with holes in it. But I can promise you, if you can get to a place that you can step out in obedience and trust God, I promise you, God, it's the only place in Scripture that God says, I want you to prove me in this. The only place God says you can prove him is with giving. Maybe you're here and you realize, you know what, I'm blessed abundantly. I don't have a bag mindset. God has blessed me, but I realize that I'm living on overflow and I could do more. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up? Just, just self-reflecting. Just, just say, that's me, yeah. Like, 
I could do more. I got an overflow. All these blessings are not just for me. These blessings are to be a blessing. Father, I just ask right now in the name of Jesus, as people have been honest today as it relates to developing a heart of generosity, God, I just pray a a special grace over this house, God, that we would become the most generous church on the planet. God, that we may live in West Virginia and not the best economy in this nation, but God, we don't want to be limited to the world's economy. We want to step into your economy, realizing, God, that our job is not our source, but you are our source. God, help us to trust you. Help us to lean in to you, God, knowing that everything we have comes from you. Help us to be obedient in the area of tithing and giving. God, help us to take the next step. If we're already a tither, God, help us to become more generous, God, to find needs to meet, to be a bigger blessing in the lives of others, to refresh others, and we know, God, that you will refresh us. We just ask it in Jesus' name today. Continue to just close your eyes for a moment. No one looking around. If you're in this place today or watching online and you say, Pastor, how does this apply to my relationship with Jesus? I'm not a follower of Jesus. I got sin in my life. I need his grace and his forgiveness. I'll tell you how it applies. God is a giver. So much a giver that he gave his only son to die in our place. We deserve hell and punishment and all those things, but Jesus paid the price for us because God is a giver. So if you're in this place today and you say, Pastor, I need Jesus, I need his grace and his forgiveness, I need to be saved, I want to know Jesus personally. If that is you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, that is me. Thank you for this hand in the middle. God bless you. I see that one back there. God bless you. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? That's me. I need his grace and his forgiveness. Anyone else? I want us to lift our voice with these hands that have gone up. Everybody say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, celebrate those hands that have gone up. Amen. It's awesome. It's awesome. I'm going to ask my prayer team and staff to come forward. We're going to give an opportunity. If you need prayer for anything, including finances, we would love to pray with you and for you and and, and just believe that God is going to move, whether it's a financial need, a health need, a relationship need. we got one more song that we're going to do, but don't miss out on this time of prayer. God bless you today. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.